Tell your friends. The Mark and Max Show is back and better than ever. Are you ready? LifeRadio.fm, The Mark and Max Show. I, Mark, what is today of the week? I mean, I, It's I, Wednesday. I, I, okay. <laughs> I'm just, it just hit me. I don't even know what day it is. I'm like... Am I happy because it's Friday? Or is you know it how many loads have gone to the dump and how yeah. many to the thrift store, but yep. you don't know what day of the week it is. Nope. There you go. <laughs> and you know why you know, I know? I why? looked up in the corner of my computer screen. Oh, <laughs> it says, okay. It says Wednesday. Yeah. <laughs> and next, children, we'll be counting to 10. Okay? So there you go. That's that's what's up next. All wow. right. So it's the Mark and Max show and uh, all kinds of crazy. I just got to throw this out there. You... Here's what happens, okay? Mark and I are both on our computer before the show. Yeah. And I said, are you ready? And he's like, yeah, I'm on FaceTime. I'm on, you know, Facebook. Or I was scrolling, yeah. And so, like an idiot, what do I do? Oh, you're on Facebook? I'm on Facebook. <laughs> I'm like, I don't do that. You know why? Because the minute I do, it's like, hey, the Beach Boys are going to be in Oxford, Alabama on December 10th. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, and I see the picture, okay? And I'm going, well, I see one original member. Yeah. That's Mike Love. Uh-huh. There's not a Wilson brother to be found right. because, well, two of the three are dead. Mm-hmm. And Brian is crazy doing his own thing still and but you've got and i'm not knocking it okay right it's yeah. just mike love and then bruce johnston those are the uh, now mike love original member of the beach boys bruce johnston he was there in 65 i think 66 somewhere in there um he was like when brian said i'm not going to tour anymore you know he went nuts yeah, um yeah. and he said i can't do this anymore and they first replaced him with glenn campbell mm. you know glenn campbell was a one of the best studio musicians in the world. Yeah. And uh, as a lead guitar player and all that. And when the beach boys got him, they were like, yeah, we want you to play bass. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn Campbell's, but <laughs> I'm a guitar player. I'm not really a bass player. Right. Anyway, so he goes out on tour with them for, I don't know, three to six months, whatever. And he just is like, this is crazy. You know, this is just nuts. Uh-huh. And so Bruce Johnston somehow ends up, you know, in the beach boys. So he has been around them for a long time. As a matter of fact, Bruce Johnston is the guy who wrote I Write the Songs for Barry Manilow, oh, which okay. has always hit me as funny yeah. because Barry Manilow has this monster hit with I Write the Songs, that he but didn't he didn't write. write that one, you know? <laughs> so anyway, uh-huh. my first thought was, I, you know, if you're going to go see a band and, and they no longer have, you know, right. the band anymore, it's really right. just, we got the lead singer and we got a guy with huge attachment to the band. Right. Probably not a bad way to go. I yeah. mean, yeah. you yeah. know, I mean, I'd like to see it because again, you know, you've got well the lead singer right. most of the songs and he did write most of the lyrics you know yeah, yeah. brian wrote the music so and not it, a bad thing i mean at least the guy whose voice is on all the songs or most of right. the songs is going to be there singing so hey right you know and so you could go see if you and you know brian did go out on a, a tour not long a couple of years ago but you know brian and mike love have had a contentious relationship since uh, the 60s okay right. yeah they're cousins they're not brothers and anyway it's just one of those weird things that uh, they did this anniversary tour a couple of years ago. And you know, okay, I've got a connection to the Beach Boys that goes back to my very early childhood. And I'm proud of it. Love it. Mm-hmm. Dennis was my favorite. And when okay. Dennis passed away, it broke my heart. Aww. Still, to this day, breaks my heart. Mm-hmm. But knowing that these guys, you know, created some really great music and all, I love it. I just think there's some. So anyway, if you want to go see something cool, December 10th, okay. Oxford, Alabama, at the Oxford Performing Arts Center. It is the Beach Boys with Mike Love and Bruce Johnston right wow. there. I remember seeing yeah. Glenn Campbell once a long time ago on uh, on the Tonight Show. And uh, 
he was talking about playing beach uh, a bass for the Beach Boys. And right. he talked about how I'm a guitar player. Uh, right. The bass is the bottom is the, you know, it's the top four strings on the guitar, but it's the, the same, same thing. They're tuned the same way, but they're just much lower. And he said, it's not that it's not the notes and everything. It's the fact that you're singing and you're singing a harmony part and playing something entirely different. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> doom, 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 doom. Yeah. You're, you're playing this this bass note and you're singing entirely different notes <laughs> and that's the wow. thing you have to wrap your brain your brain around or you just have to somehow tune it out all out so that you can sing and still play at the same time and he demonstrated wow. it with his guitar and it really was weird it was very very weird I wish I was a musician. I, I have no rhythm. You know, I have oh, yeah. no rhythm. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. I can't, you know what? I can't even play Wipeout. You know, yeah. <laughs> I can't even do that. Yeah. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag Show. Since we've already done the Alzheimer's break for the day or the dementia break, you know. <laughs> Did that a couple of minutes ago talking about the Beach Boys because we can't. I could. I can't remember what day of the week it was, but boy, I could tell you the original members of the Beach Boys, including David Marks, who oh, was not gosh. related to them at all. Oh my goodness! How sad, man. I mean, I'm experiencing that now. I think I need to have a dementia test. I'll. Oh, I'll tell you what I'll funny. do though. I'll call Joe Biden and see if he and I can go at the same oh, time. Let's find gosh. out who's in better shape. Uh huh. Right. Talk about <laughs> tiny cracks in the visage. Hey, I saw the story you sent me about the yeah. pumpkin uh-huh. that was like the great pumpkin from. Charlie Brown. It's the world's <laughs> biggest pumpkin. Uh, wait, hold on. <laughs> a Wisconsin farmer grew a 2,520 pound pumpkin, believed to be the heaviest grown in the country this year, but it was disqualified from competition due to a tiny little crack. Mike Schmidt of uh, of Marcuson said he had been growing giant pumpkins for years, but this year marked the first time one of his gourds surpassed 2,500 pounds. Smitch, uh, Schmidt's 2,520-pound pumpkin is believed to be the largest grown in the United States this year, but it was disqualified from competition due to a fingernail-sized crack in the vegetable's exterior. The a grower fingernail? said, "Yeah, like about the size of a fingernail, a little bitty tiny crack." The, cro- the grower uh-huh. said the crack is believed to be the result of internal pressure from the pumpkin's large size and the awkward way it's growing. In other words, it's going to blow. Uh, the, right. pumpkin, the pumpkin could have earned Schmidt a $22,680 prize from the uh, 2021 Safeway World Championship Pumpkin Way Off in California, which mm-hmm. offers a $9 per pound prize to the winner. He said he's now looking toward the future. It happens. There's no crying and pumpkin growing. <laughs> wow. I can't believe he said that. There's oh, no crying word. and pumpkin <laughs> Oh my gosh! Um, I'm, I'm, you know, a fingernail size crack. Yeah, yeah. That just is cool. I, I would think if it hasn't exploded yet, it counts. You know, but <laughs> yeah, I would. I, I they have to. They're going over this thing with a fine tooth comb or something, right? Yeah. I mean, well, microscope or something. Yeah, right? because magnifying glass. Yeah, uh-huh, man. Yeah. So just, this is crazy. Hmm. Yeah. So I guess if he's going to decorate for Halloween, he doesn't actually cut it, right? He uses like an ink pen on the outside and, you know, a little makeup here and there. A stencil spray paint. Yeah. Wow. That's so big. It's like, you know what? There's that My 600 pounds Live show that's going, sign it up. <laughs> Liferadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And uh, Mark, 
Yes. Every now and again, you will mention clowns or <laughs> circus people or uh, whatever. Yeah, yeah. And so, and I don't know why this is, but if I see a story that has juggling in it, I look for two <laughs> things. Cats and clowns. If they're juggling cats, I'm pretty cool with that. Ooh. What about monkeys? You know, hey, hey, I'm a monkey. You know, I <laughs> people see me monkey around. <laughs> I'm too busy singing uh, to bring anybody down or whatever. I don't know the lyrics. Used to, that one, that's but. one of the things we used to say. We'd people would call on the phone. We'd oh, ask us, "Hey, how you doing?" Oh, we're juggling monkeys. Yeah, yeah. juggling monkeys. Yeah, <laughs> and reading about Balaam's donkey. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> or Balaam's monkey. I can't. Well, yeah. Anyway, well, man completes one thousand three hundred and sixteen juggling catches. Yep. All right, now is this a big deal? Um, well, it's a Guinness World Record, and okay, uh, so it is a big deal. Okay, the guy is from oh, Idaho. Wait a minute, is, hmm? we need to get a theme song for this. You know, yeah, we talked know about we it, do, but we yeah. need, we, you know, we need a theremin. We need some. <laughs> we, we need, need some. And yeah. We need some stomp drum stuff going on, trash can <laughs> stuff. You know, for the Guinness Book of World Records. Yeah. You know, hey, I'll see if and I can maybe find something. Sheldon's throat singing intro. <laughs> we could do all of that. You know. Right, maybe here, the so. Guinness Book of World Records on well, the Mark and Max It's show. a Guinness World Record, but it, and it's a pl- it's it's a man from a place that starts with an I, but it's not India, it's Idaho. <laughs> an Idaho man reclaimed uh, reclaimed a Guinness World Record when he donned a blindfold and stood on a balance board to complete th- one thousand three hundred and sixteen juggling catches. David Rush, who has broken more than two hundred Guinness records to promote STEM education, I think he just does this to get on our show because it's <laughs> this guy's yeah, been on here okay. so many times. Well, <laughs> you know, as soon as you said Idaho, my first thought was, "Hey, if STEM education shows up, I remember this hey, guy." This is you know? the guy. Uh, yes, yeah. <laughs> he originally not knocking it. All not right, knocking right. it. Just yeah. you know, it's just uh, does he do anything else? He originated the record in 2018 when he managed 52 juggling catches while blindfolded on the roller balance board. The record was broken twice, most recently by Australian record breaker Brendan Kelby, who completed 159. Rush said he was well experienced with blindfolded juggling, so his training was mainly focused on learning to keep his balance on the board without the benefit of sight. He managed to keep his balance for 3 minutes and 19 seconds, completing 1,316 catches in that time. And see, I like world records like that. Yeah. You know that... It actually requires an ability to do something, but right. if you're if you're good at it or you want to get good at it, you can practice. You know, doing the yeah. juggling, you yeah. can track, you can practice all these things, and you can set your sights on that particular record and go for it. I think right. that's yeah. cool. I like that. And the next highest was 159. It's like he said, 159. Watched this. You know. <laughs> <laughs> now the key is, could you be the fattest guy in the world and do it? You know, I mean. Mm-hmm. that could be kind of can you maintain your balance while blindfolded <laughs> well probably so i would think because you you never can see your feet <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and mag show and hopefully you're on to a, a great day little housekeeping notes is that what we call it yes I, okay a little confused, Mark. Like, we might want to talk about growing up in the 70s because I got a feeling I'm not going to remember. My, well, it's the what show? Oh, the Mark and Mag. Okay. Oh, God. Where's my coffee cup? <laughs> Dr. Johnny Fever. Okay. Um, no idea where I'm going, Mark. This I don't is, either. You know, today, it is. Okay, wait me. a minute. It's Wednesday. Yes. I'm having trouble remembering. Uh-huh. I didn't eat. I don't know. <laughs> you know. Every now and again, you look at these things and you yeah. think, 
is it me or is it everybody else? And then you realize, <laughs> no, it's me. I'm the nut. I'm gone. Something yep. happened. Yep. I it's can't like, even teach Braylon songs about boogers and, you know, stuff like that because <laughs> Hannah gets mad, you know? How bad is it that I had to sit down with my grandson yesterday and say, okay, Braylon, look, I know you're six, but look, dude, there are certain things that are just you and Pawpaw stuff and, you know, yeah. it's like, don't sing those. We make up our own songs. So don't <laughs> sing those to your mama. She doesn't think they're funny, but they're funny. But Pawpaw. And of course, <laughs> in, in, in the little six-year-old brain, the first thing is, oh, I'm singing this for mom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> loud. Loud. Hey, mom, look what Pawpaw taught me. Yeah, that's it. Every day. It's like, uh -huh. you know, thing is, you know what she'll do? She'll be really loud. She'll be like. Now, Braylon, I have told you not, you know, and it's like loud enough for me to hear. So she's scolding me, but she's like, scolding yes. him. like, well, don't scold him. Blame me. I'm the one that taught him all that. And it's like, well, wait a minute. You're my kid. I taught you these things when you were a kid. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but dad, I didn't think they were funny then. I thought they were disgusting. Really? Uh -huh. that's because I remember you laughing until you cried. <laughs> and because little girls and little boys see the world differently. <laughs> but there's certain yeah, people so they you shouldn't you shouldn't tell certain people that <laughs> because yeah that you just would can't really share toot and tell them with the sunday school class no yet. you shouldn't do that either no <laughs> still a funny video dude you know <laughs> we're gonna have to did get you some ever of those get back in, you know did you ever get back in that sunday school class <laughs> i did not actually we had to leave the church <laughs> liferadio.fm the mark and max show and you know we're in the uh, southeastern part of the united states specifically alabama and we have uh in our country a number of franchised restaurants that are not franchised coast to coast they're you know regional yeah. kind of yeah like jack's um, hamburgers yeah yeah okay that's really just alabama centric isn't it mm -hmm, i think i know so, it started yeah. in alabama yeah. but anyway uh like i remember um jack in the box when i was a kid I yeah. thought Jack in the Box was everywhere, and it's not, right. you know? And what's funny, though, is being uh, that it's a Southern California, it was in Southern California at the time, you would see these nationwide shows like uh, The Odd Couple, okay, <laughs> with Jack Klugman and Tony Randall, yeah. and they had Rodney Allen Rippey yeah. on the show as a guest star. And it's like, well, for me, growing up there, it's like, yeah, he, he did the Jack in the Box car commercials. Right, yeah. But then I thought later on, I thought, I found out later, you know, I'm like, well, wait a minute. They're not everywhere. No. You know? and anyway, <laughs> and you'd in see and out, they would be referred to by late night comedians and everything. Yeah. You, you, they were mentioned everywhere, but you, the first time they weren't ever everywhere. Saw, no, they weren't. It was like yeah. 10, 12 years ago was the first time I ever saw one. We were in California oh, for the okay. first time and I drove by one and went, oh, there's, there's a Jack in the box. <laughs> did you eat there? No, uh, we oh, did. Okay, Cause I was going to say, if you did, you're still digesting, <laughs> you know, well, we did eat at in and out burger. And yeah. in and out is another one of those franchise things that's in California. They're in California, Nevada, and Texas now. They're, okay. they're slowly spreading. But right. uh, the reason that they're slowly spreading is because they are standing by their uh, commitment to serve only fresh stuff. So okay. um, the, the, the beef has to be locally sourced. The uh, all the really? vegetables, yeah, the vegetables has to be have to be locally sourced. Okay. They actually cut the French fries. They cut the potatoes right there in the in the place. I stood there at the counter ordering my burger and watched him cutting the potatoes like he used to do at McDonald's. You know, you'd walk in and see him cutting the potatoes up into French fries. And no. Yeah, well, you used to a long time ago. And huh. and uh, the, the best burger I've had, I think, period, at a chain restaurant. It's just an absolutely fantastic. Plus, they have the French fries. <laughs> Jane had stopped completely eating French fries, and I told her, I said, listen, you have to try one of these. 
and she and she put one in her mouth and her eyes rolled back in her head and she said oh my lord <laughs> just amazing but it's a christian owned and operated company um the, there are scripture verses on the bottoms of the cups and on the napkins and uh, it's owned and operated by a christian a christian family and Didn't know that. they're really really good and in san francisco they just told san francisco we will not work for the government to check anybody's COVID IDs or their, their, we're not going to do that. We just won't do it because the city of San Francisco had told them you will not allow anybody in who cannot prove a COVID vaccination. And in an, in an outburger said, uh, no, we won't be doing that. So they stood up to San Francisco. Ooh, how'd that work? Uh, well, it's, it's still kind of playing out right now. They, they're probably going to have to shut down their, uh, their restaurants in San Francisco, but they're going to stand by their principles. We'll see how it pans out, but man, kudos. I didn't know until you said it was a uh, Christian owned. I I didn't know because I, again, they're, they're not in our area. So we're physical, like the closest one I think we've got is Texas. Maybe. Yeah. It's in Um, the Dallas area. I think. Okay. Yeah. And anyway, so it's okay to go and steal from businesses without worrying about anything, right? <laughs> right. That's been the biggest deal. <laughs> Basically, if you need to show proof of vaccination to eat at In-N-Out Burger, you, you have to unless you shoplift the burger because then right. it would be illegal for anyone to stop you. <laughs> and McDonald's has already filed the preemptive lawsuit because people are calling it an In-N-Out Burger. If you want to eat there, you've got to become the Hamburglar. And so <laughs> McDonald's said, nope, that's ours. You cannot have it. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show you know mark you got an email you were telling me about earlier uh, about the daily bible reading and, oh yeah uh, you know thankfully a lot of folks have caught on to this and i'm, I'm glad you have because i know that <laughs> it's one of these many many things that a lot of us would like to do and whenever i hear somebody talk about reading the bible you know every year it's like you know from cover to cover i've always been fascinated with that mm. you know just because you know i'm pretty active reader you know right yeah and it's like why is it that i can't get through this you know and (laughs) anyway it it, there's all kinds of reasons for it but the bottom line is the way that it is organized and go to liferadio.fm and you'll see you can pick up with us today or whatever you want to do but i encourage you to do it get in the word um it's so sad that many many people uh, and i I, i'm not pointing a finger at anyone you know it's when we talk about stuff like this it's pointing at myself yeah. How many times I've, you know, you break the Bible out on your way to church and you <laughs> come home and you set it down and it's like, well, when you need it next Sunday, it's right there, you yeah. know? Or like I said and the other day. That's we, just we, not, the. that is not living the life. That no. is, that's attendance. That's, you know, yeah. church attendance does not equate salvation. Right. And, you know, so many times it's just sad. You know, yeah, well, it was like I said the other day, like on, like on, on uh, we make a, a New Year's resolution. We're going to read through the Bible this year. This year, this year, I'm going to do this. <laughs> no, <laughs> by about yeah. by about a week later, you've you've you know you stumbled and fallen, and uh, maybe next year, you know, it's usually January third. That's the day <laughs> that's that you know most of those. Yeah, I am not eating. I it's like every year before school, you know, every year before my first day of class, I would really, think, you know, what this is the year I'm going to do my homework on time. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to study, you know, I'm going to really, I'm going to hunker down. I need to learn this stuff. This will help me later on. And I would have that conversation with myself. Mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not going to sit in the back of the class. I'm not going to be a smart aleck. I'm going to just, <laughs> right. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. You know, uh-huh. I am just going to be a good student. How tough is it, Dave? Come on. I mean, I did. I had those conversations yeah. with myself. Yeah. 
<laughs> Usually I didn't make it through homeroom, you know? It's like, oh my gosh, you know? It's just... <laughs> and the difference is I never had that conversation with myself. I just like... Oh. <laughs> That's I, I think about that every now and again now. You know, I think, what did teachers think of me? Oh, they probably dreaded that. Oh, I got him. Oh, come on. <laughs> What did I do in a former life to cause this? You know, I can't count the number of times I heard. If you would just apply yourself. Oh, golly. Yeah, I did apply myself. I worked hard on that punchline. Come on. That was an ugly dress. I'm telling you. You know, when if you're going to be this big, which is fine, you can be a large Marge. I don't care. But don't wear horizontal lines on the dress. Come on. If you do that, you're just saying, Dave, make fun of me, please. LiveRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Max Show, and uh, hopefully you're having a good week. I'm still having trouble remembering what day it is. (laughs) Wednesday. I mean, for real, Mark, it's like, I, I wonder, you know, is there a test? I'm sure there is. I can probably do one on Facebook that will lead me to a uh, Nigerian barrister who has found out that I'm worth millions. Anyhow. And just be just be aware that if you do any kind of cognitivity test or whatever it is, a cognition test online, then you're going to get email. You're going to get yeah. that's all. You'll see that forever. It's, it's little, all you're going to see. A little concerned about you and I have a conversation, you know, on the air and uh, all of a sudden, you know. I'm seeing <laughs> yes. commercials, you know, uh-huh. ads for what we've talked about. I'm like, I've never searched for this before, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. And anyway, yep. all right. So there are certain trigger words. Okay. Right. You'll see a word and think of something else. Uh-huh. For instance, yoga. Uh-huh. When I, I think of boo-boo. <laughs> so <you know>? do I. <laughs> okay, good. And Jellystone Park. Think I, of Yogi it, Bear. Yes. Yeah. I don't think of some kind of, you know, mystical relaxation thing or i don't i just boom there you go and i remember the first time i saw the thing for yoga pants i thought are these gonna have cartoons on them that's what i thought so i'm just glad it's not it's just not only me you know (laughs) well yoga's gotten very popular it's gotten very popular and and i know there is some eastern mysticism associated with yoga but you can find yoga classes and instructors who don't buy into the mysticism it's just exercise you know right and if you can find one of those then you're in pretty good shape um, or maybe you will be. Well, there are a lot of interesting ways to do yoga these days. In, in Japan, you can even go do yoga in a cat cafe, possibly outside at a farm Wait, with goats. Yes. A yes, there are, there are things cafe. Yes, that where you can actually go sit down and, and eat lunch, and the place has got cats all over it. But people go, wow. they actually pay to eat lunch or have tea with cats. Okay. I, Hey, you know, you do you, um, yeah. or possibly you could go do yoga outside at a farm with goats. But as one yoga instructor and her students learned, you probably should not do yoga on an untethered paddle boat in the ocean. <laughs> okay. On the afternoon of October 9th, the Shonan Coast Guard Station in kan- uh, Kanagawa received communication from a group of paddle boarding that were paddle boarding in the ocean just southeast of Tokyo. We've drifted off into the ocean and can't get back, the message said. (laughs) The group was composed of a 50-year-old yoga instructor and four female students. The group began to practice yoga, and after meditating atop their paddle boards, they found they had been swept eh, about a third of a mile out to sea. 
Wow. The instructor attempted to call uh, the uh, Chigasaki City's operating company on her cell phone, but couldn't get through. So (laughs) she dialed up the Japanese Coast Guard for help. Shortly afterward, a passerby in a canoe spotted the five stranded women and towed them back to the shore. Thankfully, nobody was hurt, but the group must have uh, certainly experienced a scare. A representative at the Coast Guard said, "Um, I'd like the instructor to be more thorough about managing safety. (laughs) How about don't do that again? Yeah. How about what made you think this was a good idea? You know, (laughs) it's not like you're on Lake Logan Martin, you know, or (laughs) you're actually out there in the Sea of Japan. What could possibly happen? Oh, any number of things. Still hung up on the cat cafe. You You should look it up. Look up cat cafes in in Tokyo. It's a bizarre thing, man. It really is. But it's real. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, I'm going to be straight up honest with you. When I saw you send me this story, okay? I had seen it (laughs) earlier in the day yesterday. Yeah, Yeah. And when I saw this, I'm my first thought when I was, this is some old what? guy who got lost in, you know, in, during World War Two. You know, that was kind of where my head went with it. And yeah, this is not a Japanese soldier holed up on an island. No, but they weren't all Japanese soldiers holed up on islands. There yeah. were all over the world. There were right. people and it was just those are the ones we heard about because they were so, you know, whatever. But when you I weren't saw this, there, I, man. Yeah. My first thought was, you know, this guy, he's just. But it wasn't like that at all. No, not. No, no. 45-year-old Tony Whitman wore full combat gear and was <laughs> armed with a fake assault rifle when he barged into the Lost Dogs home in Melbourne, Australia back in January. A 23-year-old employee pleaded for her life as Whitman tied her up and questioned her about the whereabouts of his cat. Whitman told the employees to count to 100 and he left the shelter without retrieving his cat police arrested him when he returned the next day he went back whitman reportedly told police he suffers from ptsd because of his military service and felt like he needed to get the cat back and acted without thinking about the consequences wow really he pleaded guilty monday in the melbourne magistrate's court to false imprisonment aggravated burglary criminal damage perjury common law assault and carrying an imitation weapon wow I, 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 I feel sorry for the guy. I do. But at the I same am. time, it's like, what? Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac show weekday mornings only on life radio.fm. Life radio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And boy, oh boy, Mark, that was kind of fun. <laughs> that was weird. Everything went black. Yeah. Yeah. It's like. <laughs> Just boom, you know, and, yeah. and you're looking around going, hey, man, what'd you do? You yeah. know, and anyway, so if you heard some weird stuff, it's because just so you know, the way that we, we do the program is everything is recorded always, right. yeah. you know, everything. Like if you call in and terrorize us, it's recorded, you know, just letting you know. Yeah. So no, that's helpful. We have automatic things that are going to play. So it's not right, going to yeah. be just going off the air. It's it's amazing how this yeah. works, because back in the day when Mark and I first learned how to do radio, there was this guy named Marconi, and he used to tell us stories how he, you know, was battling with Tesla over how to do this. And anyway, it was just no dead air, no dead air, no matter what, stay on the air. And uh, <laughs> we have these. This there was one time, Mark. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna tell you there was a time when um, 
we were switching over at, from like uh, playing CDs and you know commercials and things like that, where you actually had like yeah. For now, we're going to get old. Do you all remember <laughs> eight track tapes? Okay, um, a big cartridge. Now we yeah. had the same thing. It was similar size. But it was a four track, and what it did is they had different lengths. They had like right, a yeah. forty second long cart that was for a thirty second commercial. Uh, same thing for you know sixties and what have you. And uh, you would play your commercials on the carts, and you would have your CDs or your records or whatever for your music, and right. that you stacked yeah. it all up like that. And it was crazy how you would have to prep your hour. You'd pull it all, and then computers came <laughs> in and stacks, took over. Big stacks of carts. <laughs> oh yeah. yeah. And anyway, the long and short of it all is that. Uh, once, you know, we had morphed over to computers, there were no CDs in the control room right, or yeah. anything like that. And I remember one time the computer died during the show and yeah. I had to actually talk for, I mean, without a break. Cause there yeah. was once when the computers, like back in the day when you had records and stuff, you could fill, you know, right, yeah. it's like, you know, you knew those long, like the loadout and stay by Jackson Brown, you know, <laughs> all right, I just bought myself 10 minutes, you know? And so <laughs> yeah. you, know, you had that, but. Um, anyway, once we had morphed over to computers, there, there was no break. I mean, yeah, if yeah. you, if you, there was no way to play anything else. Right. Anyway. Yeah. But we, now we, we have this create backups we, after yeah, that. Yeah. We have this redundant system that keeps the music playing because we're online. So yeah. it's, it's a, it's, if, if the studio goes dark, now. the music keeps going. So that's, yeah. that's a good cool thing. Yeah. It does make it better, but yes. boy, it didn't used to be. And oh, I remember no. yeah. one time it was, it was actually when I was doing talk show by myself and there was everything had gone down and I had a yak for, I mean, just had to keep talking yeah. and it was like, you'd think that would be easy. Okay. You would think, but when you, you know, or it's, you know, five fifty in the morning and everything goes down, yep. you know, you're, you're not the priority of the engineering department at that time of the day. No, you know? no, you're not. And, mm -hmm. and when there is no way to do anything other than, you know, talk, it's like mm. you got to go to the bathroom. Well, here's Too your bad. choices, Dave. It's <laughs> dead air or a really long mic cord, you know. And uh, wow, what anyway. I loved what I loved was when the uh, when the the station would go down, the power would go off at the at the studio site, and there was no redundant system to oh. keep things going. And yeah. and we had uh, at a station I worked at, we had of course the answering the phone system was all electronic and it had to be powered, but there was ah. one phone line that was just plugged in there was a regular phone and uh and we would and the power would go off and everybody's coming out of their closets uh, out of their uh <laughs> hello dr freud um and they're coming out of their offices uh looking for light and that phone would start ringing <laughs> and it's somebody calling to tell us we were off the air right? <laughs> you know you're off by the, the air? way no really you know, that <laughs> thing is you know if you remember um <laughs> if you had a delay feature going on oh, in the studio, yeah, yeah. sometimes you were monitoring not on an on-air signal, but right, a yeah. program signal. So yep. you didn't know yeah, if you were right, off the air. Right. If the transmitter goes really off, big. you don't know. Yeah. <laughs> no. yeah, that red light, you know. Anyway, so yep. ah, thank God for redundancy, uh, you know, and yeah. uh, just thankful <laughs> because, you know. Yep. No matter what happens, he's still on the throne. <laughs> you know, that's right. Like, that's really all that matters. And that's the bottom line. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show it's great to have you with us today we appreciate it we do ask that you share it with a friend just say hey listening to uh, liferadio.fm that would be cool mm -hmm. mark 
you had told me a story yesterday about a guy um, that gets a new job and yeah. immediately gets in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> but in this day and age where there are so many jobs available and yeah. so few people that actually will take those jobs, probably not a good idea to get mad at somebody on their first day. You know? No, no. And this story may make you mad. A man was baffled after he found himself in hot water on his first shift at a new job. Sharing his story anonymously, hmm. the man said that he had just started a new job as a security guard and was contracted to start work at 10 a.m. He arrived at 10 a.m. and was working just minutes later, but soon he was pulled aside by the manager who told him that his behavior was unacceptable. They said that in the future he should arrive early, but the man refused, saying that on principle he would not arrive at work before they started paying him. Well, huh. taking to Reddit, the man said, quote, on my lunch break, the manager of the store approached me and asked if next time I could come in a little bit earlier so that by the time I put all my belongings down, I could be in front of the store at 10 a.m. I told her no, that if I'm rostered to start at 10 a.m., then I'll show up at 10 a.m. And that if they want me to come earlier, then the store would have to arrange that that with a security company. I'm not getting paid wow. to come earlier, so I really don't see why I'm required to. She got wow. huffy with me and said that the sales staff aren't trained to be security. And with the popularity of the store every morning, there would be people lining up to go inside and that I needed to be there earlier because of that. She said that it really wasn't hard to come a few minutes earlier and that it wasn't fair to come just on time. I know huh. it's I know it's not hard to come a little earlier, but I feel it's more about the principle. If you want someone to come earlier, then make that clear through the hours i told her such mm. and she just sighed and walked away we didn't talk the rest of the day mm. after sharing his story online he was inundated with advice and most people thought he was in the wrong for not turning up early mm. well at least well, that's see, encouraging yeah i my thought was okay i get where he's coming from yeah. okay yeah and because for anybody who has been in any type of management anywhere you know you're gonna have those employees and that's that's why you have the interview process before right. they get a job yeah. you know you you go after these types of things to find out are yeah. you dealing with this person or are you dealing with somebody that understands that you know while you do get paid to stand in front of the store as a security guard mm -hmm. you know yeah that you know that's when the job starts now whatever you have to do leading up to that is on you right but yeah. at 10 a.m your job is to be in front of the store that's right and uh so that that's really the solution to that, that one you know yeah I get where they're both coming from, though. Hey, if you if you're demanding I come in early, then you're going to have to pay me. Right. And so all you got to do is correct that by saying your job is to be in front of the store at 10 a.m. Right. You know, yes, here's your locker. Right. Exactly. I mean, so. it's that's like being that's like demanding that you get paid from the moment you get in the car to go to work. Right. You know, very, the, very similar. Yeah, yeah that's that's kind of crazy. Hmm, interesting. And, but I understand yeah. it, though, because you can't come to somebody and say, yeah, we're only paying you from 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., but you need to be here early. Yeah. But and she's not. But the thing is, she's not talking about getting there half an hour. Right. Early. She's talking about just long enough to dump mm -hmm. your stuff in your locker yeah. and get out front. Right. Yeah. Be and ready to work at 10. Exactly. And right. the thing is that there is this work ethic or, or lack mm -hmm. of it today. Lack of. Yeah. Where people will show up at that time. And then, and I know mm -hmm. I know yep. someone who's told me many stories about where they work who uh where there was someone will come in <laughs> yeah. to come in and uh and when they get there they get there about time to start work and they're really not starting work until about 15 minutes later because yeah. they're putting their stuff down they're socializing with everybody they're mm -hmm. you know, doing all this other stuff and and i don't mean first thing in the morning i mean their shift might start at two in the afternoon right right and 
it's, wow. they, they have to spend all that first, the, the first several minutes of their shift <laughs> getting, getting, catching up with everybody, you know? And, yep. and, and in the meantime, the phone's ringing, the people are stacking up, they all of a sudden, you know, it's a crazy oh thing. That's a, Lions and, that's a and tigers and bears. Oh, oh my. <laughs> Liferadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, we don't take it for granted. Oh, and I uh, just want to tell you, thank you. Uh, I did have a question for you, Mark. Uh-oh. Do you think it's okay when a child uh, wants candy that you just go buy it for them and don't think about it? <laughs> Mainly because if you buy a big enough bag, you can share it. <laughs> I see where you're going. Now, as a grandparent, no prob. Not at all. There as, you go. As okay. a parent, would you please stop that? Yep. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly where I'm headed, Mark, because, you know, last night it was one of those things where Braylon wanted some candy, okay? And it, we, I'd already been to the store twice, yeah. you know, and when I, because I usually get him a treat when I come back, just something small, right? Yeah. And, but it was around dinner time. We've got homework to do and baths and we got a, we got a lineup of things that need to be done. And candy bars are not in this thing because it's after, you know, you, you can't do this. It's too mm, late, you yeah. know. But I'm thinking, that's my grandson. He's looking pretty <laughs> emotional about this. Oh, no. Yeah, so <laughs> what I did was I snuck out and I couldn't figure out exactly what. And I thought if I buy him a specific candy bar, yeah. then I'll really be terrorizing him if I say, see what I got you, but you can't have it. <laughs> so I thought, you know. <laughs> Cause that would not be cool at all. No. So I thought I'll just buy a big bag, you know, uh -huh. and that way, Hey, they're in there for later mm -hmm. Then you know, they're individually wrapped cause it's Halloween time. You know? Yes. Yes. It's, I don't know why they put Halloween candy out in August, but you know, cause we're not going to buy it in August and let it sit there for two months before we give it away. Yeah. Or well, will we, but well, anyway, the store so, will. <laughs> yeah, I know I'm buying last year's candy, you know, yep. but anyhow, so. I got the candy. I got two bags because I couldn't figure out which one he would prefer, mm. you know, because you are talking about sneaking it, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Bray, you got to learn you, when you open these up under your pillow, you put it in the pillowcase. So mommy doesn't see it. Okay. And then Papa will clear it out just like the tooth fairy. You know, I'm the garbage fairy. So yeah. Anyway, so Hannah, this morning, no wonder Hannah hollers at you. I know. She's like, cause dude, did did you just forget to put stuff in the trash, Dad? Because I've got candy wrappers in Braylon's room, <laughs> and I I'm not kidding. I busted myself. I said I told him to put them in the pillowcase. Mm -mm 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 -mm. You know, I mean, mm -mm -mm. what? There's candy wrappers in his room. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> goal busted. Busted. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> liferadio.fm mark and mag show and you know mark yes dave i'm a little frustrated about the candy thing <laughs> you're I still on to that bring him to the studio i forgot to bring him to the studio oh. to look at all my stuff and like but i don't yeah, see you've so. usually you've usually got yeah. uh, sunflower yeah. seeds and other stuff yep. paraphernalia over oh, yeah. there and i just <laughs> i thought i had them but i didn't all right so let me ask you something mark because yeah. you've been having a, a computer mouse problem for a yeah, while yeah. and yeah uh, i i told Ladonna yesterday i'm because you had said something, I'm like, well, at some point he's got to get this thing in. And I said something about, she asked, what are you talking about? I said, ah, Mark's got a mouse problem. And she, I'm not kidding, goes, hey, the wooden things with the metal, those are the best ones. I'm like, 
What? What are you talking Not about? Not that kind of uh, mouse. Yeah, there you go. Well, All right, I got that too. But <laughs> much like much like mice that go extinct, so do names, and uh, like sands through the hourglass, so are the days of our lives. Yeah, according oh, to <laughs> who lives in a pineapple under the sea. All right, so Mark it's SpongeBob SquarePants, the cartoon that yeah. has more viewers than CNN. Absorbent and yellow and uh-huh. porous is he? Yes. Well, according to the British Office for National statistics the name nigel hello nigel has become extinct data shows no boys were named nigel in the year 2020 and they joined the likes of gary and jordan who were previously on the endangered list in the uk in fact a couple in 2015 named their newborn gary to save the name from total extinction. <laughs> he was the only kid in the UK named Gary. Wow. <laughs> Other male name uh, names which have fallen by the wayside include Ronald, Barry, Clive, Norman, Greg, and Piers. You know, like Piers right Morgan. Now, golfer Greg Norman is really mad. <laughs> <laughs> well, the outlook for many female names isn't looking good either. There were no babies registered as Carol last year. <laughs> Carol. Uh, uh-huh. While there were only 14 named Carly, just mm. seven girls were registered with the name Carrie, while three were named Cheryl. Lorraine was just chosen six times, and Sharon uh, was a major <laughs> failure at only 14 babies taking that title. Olivia and Oliver rank as the most popular baby names in England Ew. and Wales for the eighth year running. Um, wow. And child naming is often a cyclical thing, you know, names go in and out of fashion. Yeah. I mean, I'm looking at some of these names like (laughs) Clive and Clive. Yeah. Yeah. All right. If you, if you knew anybody named Clive or Nigel in kid in, in school and you're from, I don't know, like where we are in the South, anywhere, you know, well, especially in the South, Bubba, Leon, Billy Joe. I was going to say, you got to put multiple names together. Nigel. What kind of name is Nigel? Well, John Wayne, that was your real name, and uh, we changed it. Uh, not kidding. I when Ladonna one time was telling me about different relatives, and because we, we were going to a family thing, and she said, "Well, now, Dave, there, there's man and there's bull," and I'm like, "I understand those, baby. I know what those terms mean. What are their names?" She goes, "No, that's the name. It's man, bull." Really? I, yeah, I think you're missing out on a couple extra words here, you know? See, this is what happens when you go looking for dating opportunities at the family reunion. Oh. Lightradio.fm, the Mark and Mag show. And I made a couple of comments already today, Mark, about just not even knowing what today is but being able to talk about 1967 like it was yesterday right <laughs> and i know that's a sign of dementia alzheimer's any number of things just old age. and i know but i it's like i'm kind of scared i think i need to go see i need to go to get a, another opinion in houston you know because i don't think i'm crazy but boy <laughs> i think i need to be checked that second know? opinion in houston is yeah. very important you know <laughs> i think it is i think i need to wait for that one but anyway the old phrase, you're only, you're, you are as old as you feel. Yeah. Um, reminds me of the old Groucho Marx line that said, you're only as old as the women you feel. Oh, thank and, you. And, oh, but yeah. no, That's it's Groucho from the, you, what was it? Your I show know. of shows or life of life, whatever I that show was he did. Know. I thought that was a horrible line until yes. I actually saw that he said it yes. on that. Uh-huh. I mean, 
I'm like, I wouldn't. <laughs> really? He said that out loud? Yes, he did. And they say, we're, and they say, we're the horrible generation? Come on. You know, It's always been that way. It Mark, really the has. generation right before us was foul, man. <laughs> Groucho, Lenny Bruce. Yep. I mean, think about it. You're right. The guys that came right before us were just wrong. Yep. And the generation that came after us? Yep not intelligent just dirty you know and <laughs> that's true that's yeah, true. i mean i i'm just kind of wondering because now the this the new the the new generation of comedians mm. they're not young no the ones that are actually creating this new gen are all like over 50 mm. yeah. and they're angry <laughs> and I'm, I'm i get a little worried but i think they're not gonna make it to be old enough to have a story like this about them you no, know no no you know the queen of england is 95 she's 95 she and she won't give up the throne <laughs> and we were talking about this uh during the music about uh, how their, her doctor has been has told her you know you you need to postpone this trip you're going to take this trip to I, I think it was ireland uh, you need to postpone this trip. And, Isn't it odd that they and, would tell a 95-year-old woman to postpone I, I know. anything? Yes, exactly. And the, and all of, it's all over the news this morning. It's like, oh, they told the queen not to travel. You know? Oh it's, just, it's just like, she's going to die. They should have said, hurry up. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking, you know, she's 95 and she's yeah. sharper than you are. You're so right. just, she really is. Anyway, uh, she feels too young at heart to accept the main award for oldie of the year. Wow. <laughs> Something that happens in every, every year in the UK. The monarch believes you are as old as you feel and thinks she does not meet the relevant criteria for the trophy. So she declined it. According to an aide, her majesty has sent a message back to the organizers of prizes with her warmest best wishes and saying she hopes you will find a more worthy recipient. <laughs> Well, you know, Mark, she's 95, yeah. but she does not feel a day over 93. There you go. The awards chairman, author, and broadcaster, uh, Giles Brandreth. And we were talking about names a while ago. Yeah. Giles. And, I understand why that one's now extinct. Uh, that's right. Had written to her private secretary, Sir Edward Young, to ask if she would accept the accolade. <laughs> but in a letter published in the, the November issue of the Oldie magazine, her assistant private secretary, Tom Lang Baker, wrote, Her Majesty believes you are as old as you feel. As such, the Queen does not believe she meets the relevant criteria to be able to accept and hopes you will find a more worthy with with." <laughs> a decade ago, yeah, there was a little lisp in there. Uh, a decade ago, her late husband, Prince Philip, who died in April at the age of 99, was named Oldie of the Year. But he turned down the opportunity to pick up the prize, saying, I regret not being able to receive the award in person, but I will not be conveniently in reach of London at the time. Hmm. Uh, previous award recipients have included a range of people from Oscar winners to Nobel laureates, from community hmm. care nurses to veteran athletes. Mark, you know, the one thing that hits me about this is the reason she won't accept this award is because she's waiting for somebody to call her about hopping in the capsule to go into space. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Shatner did it at 90. The queen will do it at 95. <laughs> That's the one. We actually have uh, audio uh, from the palace. I think uh, Sir Edward Young uh, was breaking the news to her. Yeah. yeah, pardon me, your highness, but it seems you have just been selected as oldie of the year. Do you have any thoughts on this? Ah, flip their heads! LifeRadio.fm, The Mark and Max Show, and this is one of those stories that if it had come out, I don't know, a month or so ago, 
it would have caused damage to the economy in Topsail Beach, North Carolina. That's for sure. <laughs> You're right about that. But coming out now, it's just kind of entertaining. Yeah, it is. But it's also one of those things that you think about it. You know, wait a minute. I was there. <laughs> a North Carolina man fishing from a beach said he was shocked to reel in a hammerhead shark measuring more than 13 feet long. Blake Cochran said he and his friends were fishing for sharks and red drums at North Topsail Beach when he felt something large on his line. He says, I knew it was something big. The biggest shark I've caught up to this point was like four feet. And this one, (laughs) when I pulled it in, it was insane. He said the pull on his line felt like he was hooked to a car. (laughs) I bet it did. Uh, Yeah. He said uh, he ended up reeling in a 13-foot, 6-inch hammerhead shark that he estimated to weigh 500 to 700 pounds. He posted the the photo of his catch to Facebook. Uh, He said uh, he was pretty heavy. It took it takes two to three people. You wade out to your neck and revive them and then let them go. Yeah, that wouldn't be something I would do. No. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm <laughs> saying no. I saw the movie and yeah. the sequels. I'm not going out neck deep in the <laughs> not where you caught no. that. No. 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 I love the hammerhead though. I pulled up pictures of it just to watch the video of him pulling it in and all that. But yeah. All I could think of is you play the Jaws theme, uh-huh. and there's one. There are plenty of people who can be thankful to Steven Spielberg for their career. <laughs> yes. None more than Vince Vaughn. Really? Uh, Vince Vaughn, you know, had been in Rudy, and he'd been in After School Specials, but his career was just not going the way he had hoped. And huh. and uh, he and uh, John Favreau and uh, other groups of their friends had this movie called Swingers. It was a script oh, that had been yeah. developed, yeah. and they had done had done the show for many, many people trying to get investors, and they finally raised enough money to get the film done. And there's a scene in the movie where um, they needed the theme to Jaws, or they wanted to use it. And Spielberg, in the mid-'90s, had really stopped people from using it. It's been, you know, it's overused. Don't do it anymore. Hmm. And so he said that his production uh, people said, well, we'll consider it. Send us something from the movie so we have an idea of what you want to use it for. You know, it's an independent film. Come on. Yeah, yeah. And so that Favreau sent a scene with Vince Vaughn to Steven Spielberg. And he watched it, loved Vince Vaughn, uh, said, okay, you can use the Jaws theme. And by the way, Vince, how would you like to be in the next Jurassic Park movie? Wow. And that's how Vince got the part in Jurassic Park, what, too? You know, where he played the cameraman? Yeah, yeah. That's how he got the part. That's awesome. So there you go. Be thankful for Jaws. liferadio.fm, the Mark and Max show. And Mark, a couple of minutes ago, we were talking about the shark off Topsail Beach, North Carolina. Yeah. And I, I thought it was funny that there's the story of an amateur diver. Okay? okay. Now I'm thinking if you are a diver, like you like to go diving for treasure and stuff. Oh yeah. And right before, you know, you're getting the oxygen stuff ready and you see this viral video of a shark, <laughs> you know, do you, would you take that as a sign that, Hey, maybe not today's not the day. Maybe I, Maybe I wait a day, or maybe I get my shark cage, or I send down Richard Dreyfus first, or <laughs> any number of things that don't include me getting eaten. I think I'm going to reconsider. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> hey, man, I want to be a lot of things in life, but lunch is not one. You know, I. <laughs> we went snorkeling once. We were on a family vacation in the Florida Keys when I was a kid, and we went snorkeling um, because somebody had told us about this. Uh, it's like a sunken barge or something, and and so and, and it's in relatively shallow water. It's in like. 12 15 feet of water and so we're about the same length as that hammerhead shark <laughs> yes there you go. and so we're out there we're out there 
snorkeling around, having a good time going in and out of this thing. And, and we go back to the hotel. And as we were, we were returning the rental boat, the, uh, and the guy says, did you see that shark out there? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my goodness. (laughs) And my dad's like, what shark? (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Don't you trust me, Helen? That's what you (laughs) want. Don't tie me to the bumper. That's what you want to hear. You know? (laughs) Wow. That's just and one no. night <laughs> one night uh, they they, uh, they had this patio next to the boat slip um hmm. where patio you could, furniture yeah, right yeah and um and one night some guys came in and they brought in their surf surf tackle their surf rods and they hmm. sat out there on the well they sat out there on the patio drinking beer and fishing and right. they were fishing for sharks and they were, <laughs> they were pulling in little, you know, little one or two feet right. long, little sharks, taking them mm-hmm. off and throwing them back in there. And all I could think about was, I've been swimming out there, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> thing that got me is that you see those little sharks, you know, that do get in the, the really shallow water. They're, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. foot or two, three feet long. Yeah. They look just like a mini me of a big shark. Oh, they really do. Know? Yeah. You wouldn't expect that uh, to have a two or three foot long, you know, fish yep. actually look like jaws and, you know, they can take a hunk of flesh right at your knee, you know, or yeah. right out of your thigh or whatever. Yeah, I mean, they could. Yeah. Good. Gra- All right. So Mark. <laughs> yeah. So this, uh, this guy is, uh, he's an, um, he's an amateur diver and he finds some treasure, um, off the Israeli coast. It could be a, a, the fortune and glory Indiana Jones was looking for. Uh, it's fallen into the hands of an amateur diver off the coast of Israel who found a 900-year-old crusader sword. I wonder what Belloc was doing these days, you know? <laughs> a crusader sword covered in barnacles, but otherwise perfectly ah, intact. Barnacles! This, yes. <laughs> um the sword, which is just over three feet long, was discovered by uh, Shlomi Katzen in shallow <laughs> waters off Haifa in the northern part of the country. The sword was used during the Crusades, and and Katzen was afraid that the sand and surf would bury the artifact for another extended period of time, so he brought it to experts and authorities. No, that's why. Wait a minute. My option <clears throat> is take this. Um, unimaginably expensive find right yeah. or leave it in the surf uh-huh. okay yeah yeah well near distelfeld he's the inspector for the israel antiques Author- antiquities authorities robbery prevention unit said uh, in a statement this iron sword has been preserved in perfect condition and it is a beautiful and rare find it evidently belonged to a crusader knight it is exciting to encounter such a personal object taking you 900 years back in time to a different era with knight's armor and swords this nearly millennium old sword could weigh between two and four pounds once it's been cleaned off and it'll be put on display the area will where the artifact was found has been full of treasure over the years it was once a safe haven for ships to stay during the wild seas uh and weather now, uh, Kobe Shariot, a, the director of the Israel Antiquities Authority's Marine Archaeology Unit, said the sword was found close to uh, Atlit Castle, which was a crusader fortress at the time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Due to the size of the sword, they say the person it belonged to must have been really, really, really big. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we got Goliath's sword here. Yeah, it's so. a big sword. But yeah. they, they, I love where he, the guy said it's a beautiful, it's a beautiful, perfect sword. And I'm, I saw the pictures. It just looks yeah. like it's crusty. It's got barnacles mm-hmm. and crud all over it. It's not beautiful just, right now. <laughs> you know what? You put it up for sale and say, prove it's not. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Liferadio.fm. 
It's the Mark and Max show, and you know, we've had one of those weird mornings. From the very beginning, I told Mark, I'm like, I don't even know what day it is. <laughs> no. I'm, it's, I've knocked stuff the, over. And then the power goes off. Yeah. It was weird. It's like uh, the studios just crashed. <laughs> it's like I told Mark later, I'm like, I I think I just want to go back to bed, you know, and we'll start it off all over again yeah. because let's just re- going my way. Let's reset the clock and start over. Yeah. Or just, you know what? We'll just, instead of going back and having to do this again, we'll just go forward. We'll just, <laughs> we'll just go, ahead go and do tomorrow's. <laughs> so I'm officially taking the rest of the day off right now. And, uh, I'll be back tomorrow, but you know, everybody needs those days every once in a while, Mark, that's you just got to take them. Yeah. But there's one thing that will not, you know, take any time off and that's a neon bulb. Yeah. That burned forever, it seems. It seems like it, yeah. Uh, Clifton's Cafeteria in Los Angeles opened back in 1935. A couple years later, the owner, Clifton Clinton, set up a nook in the downstairs bathroom with a neon bulb backlighting a landscape painting. So he's got this little backlit painting with neon behind it to, to light it up. Seems kind of fancy for a basement bathroom. And Clifton must have been very proud of the setup because when he turned the bathroom into storage, he blocked that little recess off with some plywood and he never dismantled what was behind the plywood. He left it all intact. He never removed the bulb. He even, he never even switched the light off. (laughs) Generations later in 2015, the cafeteria was still open and the current owner got around to renovating the place. He spotted light shining in the storage room, and when everybody switched off their flashlights, the light remained leaking around the plywood. (laughs) He got a hole open there and stuck a phone in to snap a picture of the light source. Then he ripped the the wood down and got a really good look. There was that old landscape painting, having been backlit by the same bulb for 77 years. It had been on for 77 years. Wow. Neon lights last longer than the other option for lights, or, or they did back in the uh, in, in thirty five. Incandescent bulbs were the choice then. Incandescent bulbs have filaments inside which inevitably burn out or snap. But a neon bulb has nothing inside but gas. It's pretty much like you and me. Uh, I was going to say <laughs> we we just picked the wrong name for the show, Mark. That's right. It now pre- we are the neon lights. <laughs> it pretty much lasts as long as the glass holds up. A neon bulb even lasts longer than all the alternatives we have today. One of those uh, compact fluorescent bulbs, you know, the little curly-cued bulbs, uh, they last 10 times as long as an incandescent, but neon has that beat. Now, if you're thinking, wait a minute, I heard about a, a bulb in a, in a fire station in California. Yeah, there is one. There's an incandescent bulb in a fire station in Livermore, California. It's 110 years old. That's older than 77. But it hasn't been on constantly for 110 years they switch it on when people come to look at it so this neon bulb has got it beat by a long shot (laughs) that's just funny i had no idea you know i really didn't i i didn't you know you don't know how things work unless that's your thing yeah and i i didn't know neon didn't have anything in it no it's just it's just the gas that's in the tube that that you know the electricity excites the particles in the gas and the, it does the, make you understand how come joe biden's nickname is neon i got oh, you i got you begin your day with a smile the mark and mac show weekday mornings only on life radio.fm